Yeah, Andrew, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you got involved with writing about the business of sport, your podcast, your newsletter, your site where you write articles. Uh, how did it come about this? Because we know we know you were a, a, a college basketball player, but now obviously you're uh, talking more about the business of sport and, and making it a career. Right. Yeah. So Boston University, when I was finishing out, I because of the whole pandemic, I had an extra year and it was either come back and play for a year, go to Europe and play for a year or, or however many or just start building in like business. And I just saw NIL name, image and likeness is such an opportunity. And so I kind of started around there expanded more into like the business of athletes and then said, wait, a lot of the stuff ties together between the athletes and then also the, uh, you know, the actual companies building in sports and just started looking at the space of like, who's putting out content? What is it about? And it was all very like high level in the sense of like, it's just news and you don't get much out of it. And if you want to get out of it, you got to pay a lot of money or you got to, it's all paywalled or so many ads. And I was like, I want to put out something that like people will actually really want to read that ties together a lot of trends and and then have the conversations with people that add value to it and just kind of create this little central node within like the business of sports of sports tech and business of athletes and NIL and all the futuristic web three type stuff and AI sports cameras and all this. And uh, it's been, it's been really cool. And, and I put myself in a good little center um, and then obviously monetized through like consulting, but I have a bunch of other stuff that I'm sure we'll get into that. I, that I plan on building out over time. Yeah, what what was the technology like when you played, and how do you think? Uh, obviously, you're covering it pretty closely now, but uh, how much has it changed from when you were playing to to what you're you're putting out on your site and your newsletter now? It's crazy what ten years does. I mean, we were my first highlight tapes. You know, it was like a VHS still, and this is like you know 2010s, 11, 12, and then it's like download to a computer and send a CD and all this. And then all of a sudden it was like Twitter and um, some of the video software. So here in the US, it was more huddle, but it was just their software, right? So someone's still like filming it. And then I got to college and it a whole nother layer head because being in Boston, we have MIT and Harvard and BU and BC and all these really smart schools with technology. And our, our weight room, we had like something called like Perch. So like all your lifting was recorded and then we're wearing a catapult like around our chest and then we have wearables on our arms and I'm going, what the heck is going on? And then you go in our gym and I was talking about this with Patrick on the podcast last week. I'm pretty sure we had Spideo maybe or something. I don't know, but it would film like our practice and have all three courts. And I was like, this is wild. And then now being in it and talking to companies like yourself and everyone, it's like in another five years, it's going to be insane. And I'm just, I'm excited as it goes downstream because my dad, he coaches high school basketball and I helped him out for my first year after college a little bit. And it was just, it was just different to see like the kids wearing their whoops and then, you know, how the cameras automatically updated and it's, uh, it comes along, it's moving quick, which is good, which is good. Yeah. I mean, speaking of high school basketball, you, you, your last, I, I don't think it was your last newsletter, but a recent one, you talked about kind of the commercialization of sp- youth sports in the United States. I think you put a figure in there, 70, it'll be worth $77 billion here soon. Uh, have you seen, like, do you think, I guess, first of all, do you think it's a good thing that youth and high school sports are being commercialized, more professionalized, I guess? Um, a lot of schools use our technology as well um, to get highlights and to, to capture the game and, and things like that. But do you think it's a good thing? And do you think it will that trend will continue? Yeah, it's definitely continuing because we're just basically tying everything up 
And I was talking about this on the podcast the other day with Blake Lawrence at Open Doors. And I mean, they're trying to build this huge NIL conglomerate. And he said, if you look at sports, basically it, it kind of firms into one company in most sectors. If you look at like e-commerce, you think of Fanatics. If you look at NIL, he's like, you want to think of Open Doors. If you look at, and then he said like sports video cameras. And I was like, you know, I said Spideo, Huddle, and Pixelot. And he's like, yeah, but will that consolidate? And uh, it's just interesting to see as it moves downstream. And now all these, we're seeing these, uh, this is my newsletter uh, that uh, once this is released, people will probably have read it, but around accelerators and incubators. And now these sports teams are saying, wait a second, we're at the pro level. We test out the top of innovation and then it moves downstream. What if we own the equity upside in these companies? This is like another angle to our business. And uh, it's, it's only, it's inevitable to move downstream and, it, uh, it has its pros and cons. And I think NIL was kind of the gateway to all of this. But uh, I'm curious, like Delhi, from your time playing, even your kids young, you've seen a lot of a lot of this stuff and then on the ground selling it. Like, what's the use side look like for you? No, it's interesting because, I mean, the, even the few things you just mentioned, like uh, like I'm a, a Whoop user. So, like, you know, as a, a trying to keep my, my dad bot away. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting that um, – the kids even at the high school level now have access to that kind of technology um the i actually saw you put in your newsletter recently something around was it the mls labs incubator yep um so that that's going to be an interesting one um because we, we work with all the mls next pro teams like mm -hmm. on the league exchange front but um i'm really curious to see kind of like what pops up in that space uh especially being like a you know a, a soccer fan uh so do, do you know much about like that initiative that they're doing? Yeah, they just released that they're going to be doing it, but it's still in the very early stages. But I mean, this ties right in 2026 World Cup. Obviously, you guys are in a great position for that. I think that is I'm going to have I'm going to soon I have Toka football CEO on the podcast. And I want to ask like, that's going to like stem into a newsletter. I want to break down like I think there's so many interesting opportunities and even myself because like, I do invest in some companies off the side. I'm seeing a ton of decks of like these soccer startups coming up. And I'm like, it, I mean, it's good timing. It makes sense. It's like, hey, you know, in three years, how far can you get those next five to 10 years after the 2026 World Cup? I bet like youth soccer in the United States numbers skyrocket. I bet just the infrastructure really grows and, and blows up because I mean, when you're, say you're a 10 year old kid and you go to a game and you see some of the best you see Mbappe running around. I mean, you can't tell me that wouldn't pump you up to go play football, soccer, you know, whatever. I, I mean, no, that, I'm it, can, it can definitely it can create fans for life, right? Like you're going to get some some loyal fans and and players. So I think that's uh, a big part of the whole grassroots initiative too. Just trying to, I mean, that the ultimate goal for any nation is to win a World Cup. Yeah. And so I think that's where obviously the US want to get to. Whether they can make that happen by 26, I don't know, but it's uh, it's got to start yeah. somewhere. So. I mean, they're getting better already, but I mean, I think you look at MLS Labs, I think they're seeing the same thing. They go, hey, there's all these new companies that are going to be around. Let's, you know, let's own 5% of them. Let's put them into our system and our use our capital network relationships and let's push them down into the use side. And whenever they either sell or IPO or whatever, then MLS, you know, they're getting money from that. So it's uh, it's interesting, that whole ecosystem. But it's such a good time to be in sports. It really is. And then 
obviously now's a good time to build, but, but probably realistically the best time to build was, you know, like you guys, uh, several years ago and now like be way far ahead as it really starts to take off. Andrew, I was just going to ask you how, how much, so you said your dad's a, a high school coach and you, you coach with them a little bit. How much video video are they using and what's kind of their process on a high school level when it comes to basketball? Yeah, they use a lot. Um, from, I mean, they pr- film every practice and, you know, he'll go through that, break that down, especially in the off season, you know, or preseason, like before you get to the season, you want to watch practice and see, you know, who's really competing. I mean, you know who your best players are going to be, who's going to play, but from, you know, usually the around the bench, like the sixth man, seventh man, eighth man in basketball, like you want to see those minutes, like who's going to earn those. And that's kind of where you want to break down the practice film. And then obviously every game and you clip it up and the kids are making highlights from it. And, and then you're breaking down, like here were our bad defensive possessions. We're going to watch this in film. Like usually play on uh, Tuesday, Friday. So on Wednesday, you know, we're going to watch our, defensive game and then on thursday we're gonna watch offensive and you know you just you break it down all differently but yeah i mean it's very much used i mean video as patrick even said on our podcast like it's the best maybe one of the yeah it's definitely the i think he said it's like the best way to get better from the standpoint of like seeing yourself because otherwise you're just listening to someone else but you don't you can't see it but once you see it you understand do you think there's a difference in uh, like positive reinforcement, like watching things that you did well versus say breaking like bad habits and the bad stuff. Is there like a ratio? Yeah. Well, it was interesting in college. I, and this was to my fault. I just didn't watch as much film as I watched in high school In high school. I would watch after every game I would, you know, go break it down. And I honestly, yeah, I wanted to see my good plays of like, Hey, why did that work? But I, but it was obviously the bad plays that helped me more. But then I know you're kind of asking more from like a coach standpoint, to me, I think you have to see a little bit of both, but then you have to make it positive overall where it's like, hey, look at look at what you're doing. Like, look how good this is. And then obviously you counterbalance that with like, you know, what the heck were you doing here? Like, that's wrong. And you got to show both. But I think also you need a mix of doing it individually with players and then also doing it in front of the team. And I think that was always good in college of like my coaches, like, we would have a team session. And so, you know, you call out some guys individually or good job on this. But then also we would have with our position coaches, hey, here's, you know, more in depth. Let's break down your whole last game, just me and you. And that was always really helpful because then you see both sides. And my position coach was awesome. Um, and, you know, he'd be he'd be just pretty blunt with it of like, dude, you sucked yesterday or, or you know, usually at least I thought he'd be like, hey, man, you played a great game. You know, this is why. This is what you need to improve on. The candid feedback, you know, when when it's done in a in a safe place and it's like because the person cares is really valuable. So yeah, and I think doing it in the individual setting is better. I think the team setting, like, I don't know, you just around your peers, you're going to feel more called out in the individual. So I'd say yeah, but you need a mix of positive and you know a little. I don't know if you want to call it negative, but more just like, hey, this is what you did wrong. I definitely was yelled at a couple of times at halftime in front of the whole team. And it's not, not a nice game. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad was an assistant coach too when I was in high school. So that was honestly, I, I liked that because then he would just get in my grill and go off. And that always really helped me. Like, because I knew if he got mad, then I must've been like playing not hard enough or stuff. But, but yeah, that's interesting. 
the the ratio that uh, I, I know the U.S. women's national team back one of the teams that won one of the recent World Cups like their ratio of like positive to negative reinforcement was eight to one. So it's like it wasn't that didn't necessarily just mean video, but it was basically all of the feedback that was coming to the players. They tried to keep it in like an eight to one ratio with a lot more positive. Yeah. So I thought that was. And then to finish this out before I let you go, Todd. Sorry. Something yeah. Else, yeah, something <laughs> else interesting off of it is I think the best feedback actually comes from your peers as like a player. This was interesting. The year we won the March Madness tournament, or not, we didn't win March Madness. I wish we did. I mean, we won our the Patriot League tournament to go to March Madness. We, our coach literally said the least amount he said all year in film during games because he knew we wanted to win it so bad, and he knew if like a like as players we would hold each other accountable if like someone messed up he knew the players were gonna like we were gonna get on i'm like yo why didn't you, why weren't you there why weren't you in the help side or, or whatever why didn't you get that rebound and it was just interesting of like he almost said nothing but it was probably you know all the whole season leading up of him saying it to then us wanting it more so i think ultimately it comes from the players the best yeah, sorry, I, I wasn't trying to cut off this discussion. I, th- no. I think it's re- I think it's really interesting, actually. But I did want to get back a little bit to what you're doing at Profluence and Pet Cash Sports, and uh, kind of ask you about the trend. You've obviously talked to a lot of uh, influential people recently, and and over the time of having the the publication. But are there any trends you're seeing coming up in the next in the next five years? Talking to the to the leaders in the space. Yeah, I mean, the main trend that I think a lot of people, especially outside the United States, aren't looking at is just the impact of name, image, and likeness in NIL. And what I mean by that is it's completely shifted the mindset of a lot of things. And from the athlete standpoint, now they're looking at it way more from a business lens, where if you're a high school athlete, you're not just thinking about getting recruited, you're also thinking about, well, where can I get paid? Or where can I go to maximize my opportunities to meet people? And the forward-thinking ones are looking into NIL and saying, okay, yeah, here's an endorsement deal or a collective deal, but you know, I can get in these rooms that I couldn't get in before. And so that shift in athlete mindset is going to change a lot of stuff because now these athletes are going to invest into sports tech companies or they're going to get behind them. And they're, you know, say this this revolution happened when Spideo was starting, there might be athletes coming and saying, hey, we use your technology in our in our games i would love to invest in you and become a face like i think that's going to change a lot of the things that the athletes have ownership web3 i think obviously took a back seat over the last couple years just with the whole mess it's created but i think a lot of it's like transparency and blockchain is going to be interesting and continue to play out just from uh you know especially in nil that's what i'm saying a lot of it stems from nil of like okay, these college kids are getting paid, but no one knows how much. How do we make it transparent? You know, maybe put it on the blockchain or something like that. And I think it ties into fan engagement. And then obviously, I think artificial intelligence is going to have the biggest impact and trend across not just sports, but everything. And and Patrick even said this on our podcast. I was saying, you know, once more stuff becomes automated, what do we do with all these people? Like, you know, a lot of jobs just become automated. And I think in sports, AI is ahead of the curve because, you know, open doors, they've had it with tagging for years. You guys have had it with following players and you have it sports specific. You've had it for a little bit and now it only gets better and better and better and it's going to create awesome things. And, and I would say those are kind of the three main trends and then the NIL tying back and then piecing them all together. It's all moving downstream and you're going to see you're going to see club teams or AAU teams that have they're filming all their practices, all their games, their players are tracked. 
and it's just going to become, I call it almost like the, the robot athlete. I haven't thought of the right word yet, but essentially like you're, you have, it, it's all tracked analytical and it's like, you're going to start to see the trends of like, Hey, I play, I scored 20 points a game last week. That's five points more than my average. Why is that? Okay. Let's go to the analytics. You slept one more hour last week. Or, you know, in practice, you didn't go as hard or like you'll we'll start to see the full picture and these athletes are going to become optimized. And it's going to be super, super interesting how it plays out. And I'm excited. I'm excited for it for sure. This, this is also why the discussion of like uh, the athletes today against like some of the old school ones is always so interesting because they these guys had none of that technology, mm-hmm. but obviously still were great. But it's always uh, it's like seeing like Rocky against like the the rockier today kind of thing is always an interesting one to, to go back. And yeah. Look. And athletes are more like receptive to it, right? Before they would have been like, why are you giving me compression pants with sensors on it? Like this is dumb, but now they're going, okay, this is cool. Let's see how this can help me. And then also if they're influential enough, how can I get involved? Can we do an NIL deal? Can I become an owner in it? Can I invest in your company? Help me, let me help you spread this to more teams or more players. And I think that mindset shift is going to really accelerate sports innovation because ultimately everything comes down to the players. If there's no players, if there's no athletes, there's no sports. And so as they change, it changes everything else. Cool. Well, thanks for taking the time to join us, Andrew. Where can people find you? At Andrew Petcash on all the socials and then profluence.com. But Todd, I appreciate you guys having me on. Obviously love what you guys are doing at Spidia and, uh, you know, excited to see how this podcast evolves for you guys as well. And, and uh, you know, where Speedio is going to be by the time the World Cup hits in 2026. Cool. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew.